What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Be Creative podcast. I am your host, Eric Choi, and welcome back to another episode. Uh, this is a second part uh, series of Stoicism. Um, and the reason why I am making all these Stoicism episodes is because I feel like Stoicism is an upward trend at the moment. Because with the Russia and Ukraine thing going on and with COVID-19 still lingering around, a lot of people don't know who to turn to, who to talk to, or how to self-improve from hard moments and hard times like these. And I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Holiday, who is a person that I've been studying for the past month. Uh, and he is a, I'm just going to call him a philosopher. He's a modern day philosopher, extremely wise, extremely, extremely approachable and easy to talk to. And he just gives great insight on the idea of the Stoics and just the philosophy of Stoicism in general. And he's written over 12 books already. He has been a featured guest in the NBA, the NFL, and TED Talks, to um, speaking in Special Forces and um, all these other great influential people he has inspired and talked to just because the amount of knowledge and impact he has over other people, over millions of people around the world. I personally haven't talked to him face to face, but I would love to get the chance to, you know, pick at his brain a little bit more. But that's besides the point. Today's episode is part two of being stoic. And, you know, you don't have to be a licensed or certified stoic to practice stoicism or be a huge fanatic or read all of Marcus Aurelius' books or journals in the meditations. You don't have to do that in order to be a Stoic, but instead you can have Stoic qualities that you can implement into your own lives to be identified more as a Stoic rather than a Stoic. But I, like I said before, this philosophy is really back on the rise. It was a kind of a dying... Um, kind of philosophy just because people have already labeled it into a whole different meaning as in like someone who is unemotional uh, somewhat pessimistic somewhat selfish and although this can be true to a certain extent it's much more than that and like I mentioned before you don't have to be a stoic to learn stoicism or to be a you know a genius philosopher you can take it in as your own way of life philosophy isn't a thing that you read once and then you're just done with it it's a way of life it's practicing it every single day and how to practice it is all on you everyone's lives are different but we're human we all experience somewhat similar things and we have probably felt certain things that other people have felt before but this podcast episode is going to talk about some things that all of us can go through and how we can implement it into our own lives. And the first thing I want to talk about is learning how to say no. In the previous episode, you probably heard me talk about how a lot of the things that we do in our day-to-day -day lives are not essential. And that is still true. Learning to say no is extremely important because... It allows you to say yes to the things that do matter, to the things that are essential. And a quick disclaimer, you're probably going to upset a lot of people by saying no. You'll probably feel instant, what I like to call temporary false regret. And what is that? What is temporary false regret? Temporary false regret is closely associated with 
the fear of missing out, right? You say no to going out. Let's say you're tight on money or you have a huge project to work on or you have a test to study for. It's due Friday, but the boys or the girls want to hang out on that Friday night and you say no and they're like, oh, you're lame. Why aren't you going? You know, screw school, yada, yada, yada. And then they go, they post on their Snapchat story, they're having a blast, there's lights, there's drinks, there's people throwing up, there's people laughing in the Snapchat story, and you're like, damn, am I missing out? Did I make a mistake? I regret this. And this feeling of regret is going to be temporary. That's why it's called temporary false regret. The false aspect comes from that it's all temporary. Like, it's not going to hurt you, it's not going to scar you, it's not going to traumatize you. For the rest of your life, you can either let that regret become a bigger regret. You can let that regret become worse and become right if you do go out and catch up with them. And they're like, oh, you finally made it. That's the last thing you want because the reason why you said no is because you're trying to finish that project or to finish that task or to study for the course that you were about to take on Monday. It's temporary false regret and it's one of the most dangerous feelings people can go through and that's what separates efficient people and inefficient people you have to learn to say no and you'll be very surprised that your time opens up it allows you to focus on the bigger things that are important the things that matter the things that are efficient to you it's going to feel uncomfortable because you may be a people pleaser. I'm going to say it to you right now. You may be a people pleaser and that's okay. You know, you've made it this far and people already do like you because you've been a people pleaser this entire time. But now since we're getting older, right, now that we have to kind of figure out what we're doing because we can't just sit around the couch and play Fortnite all day like we used to, we have to be able to say no. And you're going to feel this so-called temporary false regret. You know, it's a term that I've made up, but I feel like it is an important term to stand by. You know, there's not really a word or phrase to describe the feeling that I just described, but I feel like temporary false regret is perfect for these types of moments, especially going against, you know, the idea of, you know, missing out on a lot of things. You know, you work your ass hard now, and in the future, they'll look back and they'll understand why. If they don't understand why you've skipped out and focused on you, then you do have to ask yourself, are they actually friends? And this leads things to my other topic, which was be more unreachable. We were always told and we were always taught to tell people that we are usually close with or kind of like half-ass close with, say, oh, you know, I'll be here if you need me. And that's not entirely a bad thing. Ironically, the Stoics were known for always being kind and ready to serve and support for the greater well-being of society. But why is this lesson important? Why is being unreachable a lesson in Stoicism? Does it kind of go against the idea of it in general? And I'm going to explain why. Maybe I can put it in a more flexible perspective, being less reachable, right? We have phones, emails, tweets, messages, and about 100 different social inboxes, and we wonder why we don't get anything done. The key, the truth to productivity and to happiness in general is to be almost seen as ignorant. Uh, Seneca, who is a philosopher of 
you know, one of the pioneers of Stoicism, says you have to be content with being considered as ignorant. Napoleon, the great Napoleon, was also known for being very, very unresponsive to mails that were sent to him. And in extreme cases, he didn't even bother opening the mails. And even if he did, he wouldn't respond to them, uh, you know, most of them, up to at least three weeks because he believed that many things, many issues can kind of resolve on their own. If you are always reachable, if you are always easily held to attention at any given moment or notice, you won't be able to work on things that matter to you, and you won't be able to work on the big important things in your life, and you will not be philosophical. You kind of don't want to be taken advantage of, is what I'm trying to say. If you learn to say no, and you become less reachable, then you'll be very, very surprised with how much time you have and how much work you do actually have for yourself. If it's a side hustle that you've always wanted to do, if it's a book that you've always wanted to read, if it's something that you've been longing to do but haven't had the quote-unquote time for because you're so busy, if I was to be able to teach you how to cut that busy part of your life out, would you be able to do the things that you've always wanted to do? And the answer would be yes, of course. Why wouldn't I? And that's the key. You got to be able to learn how to say no and you have to be less reachable. Number three, you are more capable than you think. And this can go with working out, reading a book, or challenging yourself to a thing that you want to become better at. You know, Marcus Aurelius you know, once said, train your body rigor- rigorously so that your body, more importantly your mind, can become stronger. We train rigorously when the time comes because there's going to be a moment where we need to be at our strongest. We need to be at our peak, where we need to be the most ready. A time where the most challenging obstacle will be in front of our faces. We train rigorously because we need to be ready when that time comes because that time will come. And that separates the great from the good. And just like the last topic I talked about in the last episode, memento mori, what does that mean again? It means that life is short. To better explain it, you can leave life right now. You can let that determine what you do, say, and think. And let me one-up that. It's not that life is short. It's that we wasted a lot of it. The time that has been spent throughout today, right now, now belongs to death. And we cannot take it back. Memento mori, you can leave life right now as it is. Let that determine what you do, say, and think. And right now I am 22 years old. But what I've been telling people is that I am 22 years dead. And it's a weird thing to say. People are like, what? What is that? It's, you know, it's not the typical thing a person would say. But I say to remind myself that, dang, 22 years of my life has gone by. Probably like... I want to say 17 years of my conscious memory, my conscious thoughts have already gone by. And what have I produced so far? What have I created so far? How have I changed so far? How have I bettered myself so far? That's how you got to think. You have one life. I'm not saying I wasted a lot of it, but there are, of course, moments in my life where I could have excelled at and maybe have become a different 22-year-old today, but we cannot... We cannot sit on that thought. We cannot regret. We cannot reflect on it too much because 
that's just wasting our time. How are we getting better? Memento Mori, you can leave life right now as it is. Let that determine what you do, say, and think. And the last topic I want to talk about is remind yourself of all that you've endured. If you're listening to this and you are stressed, that's okay. But you have to accept and you have to acknowledge the fact that you signed up for something that you knew was going to be hard and you knew that it wasn't going to be perfect. But how did you get there is what you should be thinking of. Yes, it is normal to curse at the world and kind of be confused on why all the negative things, all the thongs, all the things, I don't know why I mix that word up, all the things that are happening to you, you know, why me, right? Is it the fate of the universe? Is it just the universe just spitting on my face? Am I just unlucky? Why me? Of course, it's me. Who else? You have to get rid of that thought, that mindset, because we can't control what happens, but instead we can control how we respond to them. You know, one year from now, with enough work and with a solid plan, a predictable and consistent plan and becoming persistent and being ambitious, with enough work, you'll look back at the stress, pain, and shit that you've dealt with, not as a moment of break or destruction, but growth. All the things that you deal with in your life, all the shit that you've been through, you can either let that determine you, uh, you can let that define you, or even better, you can let that better you. It's what separates, like I said before, the great and the good. And that's the last topic of this part two episode of Stoicism. And like I said before, Stoicism is not something that you read one time and you just kind of throw it off to the side and you're done with. It's a practice. You apply it to your life every single day. You wake up tomorrow morning, your first instinct is to probably look at your phone. How about you wake up, the first task, the first challenge is whether to look at your phone or to get up and start the day a little earlier than you normally would. And how would you do that? By not looking at your phone for like the first 30 minutes to an hour of your day. You'll realize how much more you've saved in time, how much more productive you've been. If a person reaches out to you, hey, you want to go out and eat, you want to you wanna spend money on something, you want to go shop, blah, 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 learn how to say no. You and I both know you probably already have something to worry about. You probably have a test or a quiz or something to study or to do, something more important. You got to be able to say no. I know you don't want to. I know you're thinking of like, oh, is there an easy way to say no? No. No. You have to be able to learn how to say no. And be less reachable because when you do have a connection, when you do become reachable after you become less reachable, people will appreciate your time more. You, you want to feel appreciated, yes? If you constantly are easy to grab onto, you may become somewhat of a second choice to a lot of people. The time that is spent between you and the other person may not be as important because they see you all the time, they hear you all the time, they talk to you all the time. Be less reachable. Not just for that purpose of making those moments more memorable, but for your own sake. Giving you the time to focus on you and to become better at what you're working on or on your craft. 
And when you do work, you got to make it worth it. You know, you're more capable than you think. That moment where you're like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, oh, I can't do it. You are more capable than you think. We have to train our body and train our mind rigorously. So when the challenge arises or when the moment of being defined as either great or good comes, you'll be ready for it. Remind yourself that you've been through a lot of shit. Take a look at yourself one year from now. How much have you changed? Did you change at all? Did you change for the better? One year from now, how much will you have changed? How much will you not have changed? These are important essential life questions you have to ask yourself in Stoicism. Momentum Mori. You can leave life right now. Let that determine what you do, say, and think. It's not that life is short. It's that we wasted a lot of it. The time that we have spent throughout today now belongs to death. We cannot take it back. The past 17 minutes, you clicked on this episode to learn what? To hear me talk? Maybe. To have like background noise while you're studying? Maybe. But 17 minutes ago, you're now a different person. You cannot take that time back. You can either spend the next 17 minutes or the next 17 months or the 17 years of your life doing what you are doing now. So get up. Understand these five topics I just talked about and live life and become better. Always remember to be you. Be stoic. Be happy and always, always be creative. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I know my podcast release dates are very, very inconsistent. and I'm trying to become better at that, trying to become more stoic at that. And of course, please give me a follow. Shout me out on the gram and I'll give you guys a follow back. And of course, be stoic. Memento Mori.